Welcome back to the NBA cast, guys. Today we're here again with the $18,000 kid. Uh, today we're going to do an NBA recap, but before I get going with this, you know me as a Jaguar fan. I have to get this off my chest. What the hell were we doing? What were we doing? Look, look okay. If you know me, you already know and how I feel about the situation. I'm, Overhauling the whole roster means nothing if you still have the guy, the head guys in charge. It means absolutely nothing. We get rid of every quality player we've had on this team. Just for us to still have Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell at GM. Bro, Doug Marone has a losing record as a head coach in general. So why is not his head? He should have been gone. $18,000 kid. How do you feel? Am I tripping? Am I tripping? I can't be tripping. No, not really. Um, so, I mean, everybody knows uh, Marone should have probably been fired last year. Uh, then he he did nothing. He's given away pretty much – I mean, from the 2017 AFC Championship team, all your defensive pro bowlers are gone, all of them. You guys pretty much went into a complete rebuild, which in that – if you're going complete rebuild, you might as well bring in a new coach. Thank you. You might as well. I mean, there's no no way you should do a rebuild with a, the same coach. You just shouldn't. Right. I mean, that's kind of what the Lions did. Okay, we went what? into a rebuild. We brought in Patricia, and he hasn't done great yet, but, I mean, we're in year – I believe it's year three, maybe yeah, four. Year three for y'all. Yeah. So this is pretty much going to be the year that's going to determine whether he gets the – stick around because when you have three years I mean and we're kind of in the same same situation we we got rid of snacks we didn't re-sign him uh we traded slay um I mean we don't have like we didn't have a star-studded team like the Jaguars did but and, but yeah I mean, we we got rid of our better players too I mean the thing is I think what um, what Jacksonville are trying to – what they're doing is they're saying all those guys that we had before, they weren't really bought in. They're saying they weren't bought in ever since, you know, basically since the, after the loss and then we went and went for Foles and that didn't pan out well at all. And I was like ever since then they said the, the players were just fed up with who? The staff. They thought that – well, I'm not going to say they thought. They blamed everything on Coughlin and his old styles, his we're going to run the ball heavy, uh, you can't be late, you know, this strict, this super strict dude, they blamed all the issues on him. Yeah. Again, if you're going to get rid of – if you're going to say every single person on our roster just all of a sudden doesn't fit your scheme, you got to get rid of the coach too at that point because what is your scheme? You gotta have some kind of talent left over, and regardless, yeah. Leonard Fournette was our bell cow. I like everyone knows that. No, the dude had a thousand yards rushing and another seventy plus receptions. He touched the ball almost every play. It, you can't, you cannot get rid of somebody like that in a time like this. It it almost reminds me of when Chip Kelly came to the Eagles, right, and got and rid of he McCoy. He got rid of pretty much all his talent. It, Right, and then it, what happened? And then what happened? 
then he got fired. Exactly. Tyrone is probably going to get fired. I would be shocked if he lasts the whole year. But what? Why not do it now? Then that's the, that is what I'm trying to get at. What's the point? Oh, of I, I agree with you. I agree with you. He should he should be gone. I there mean, no point. Wasn't there a report in the off season that said I think of last year, where it said he was going to be fired? Yes, that was. I don't, I don't think it was the off season. I think it was like the second to last game of the season. And yeah, and then they, all the Jaguar, Jaguar fans were they were they were happy about that. Yes, we were jumping for joy. <laughs> and then I, I they lied to me and said no, we're keeping him. He and he's just been with us since. He and he's what and he's doing some like O'Brien stuff, man. He's getting rid of players just because he don't simply like them. Yep. I yeah, do. you guys. You guys are in complete rebuild mode, and why the coach is still around, I'm not sure. I don't know why Marone's still around. Dave Caldwell, sex the GM, and even the owner. I give it's on the owner too. Sean Khan is just he looked at Jacksonville as a as a bank statement, but he don't know what he's doing. He don't know how to run the organization. He clearly has no clue, and which is why he gave Coughlin so much power the first time because he was like, "Let me get a football mind." What he did with Coughlin, I don't blame him. He didn't know what he was doing with this team. So he he put somebody who's an old football head in charge and, and was like, here, basically you run the ship and we'll go from there. It just so happened it didn't work for us like that. But he has no clue either. So not, if that's the case for us other teams, I'm done with everybody from top to bottom. And right about now, I don't know if I'm a fan. I don't know if I'm a fan two weeks before the season starts. I don't blame you one bit. Not at all. Okay, Whew. now that I've got that off my chest, and I'm still not done because I'm I'm just going to – I'm going to push it to the side right now because we have better things to talk about than the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll go ahead and move on. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our ad real quick. Okay, now we're back. Let's go ahead and discuss this NBA playoffs. We'll do a round one recap basically because most of everybody's done. I think the last series left is what? In Houston, OKC, that the last one in the first round? Denver, uh, Denver, Denver, Utah. Denver and Utah. Well, Houston can end it right here tonight. Yes. And you don't think that's happening? Uh, No, I don't. I think OKC is going to bounce back. Listen, I, I know they took a 30-plus 30, 30 point loss but I mean sometimes those just I don't know man I just feel like they're gonna make it turn it into a game seven I mean if you look at it look at the series I'm pretty sure uh Houston's wins have been they've been big wins and then OKC when they win they win those uh grinded out type games yeah so I think they're gonna come back and have one of those grinded out games and and get it to game seven. Listen, I I want OKC. I want it to be OKC in seven. I've already verbally said this. I've said it on paper. I that This is what I want. But I don't know, man. Watching the way this series is going, they would have to pull out two more hard grinding games. And they, lost, they just lost by 30 with Russell Westbrook playing like 24 minutes. They did, yeah. I mean, it's it's happened. I mean, we saw them in games one and two. They they got blown out, and they came back and won the next two. 
So I could see it. I mean, I could see either way. I mean, it's it looks like it's either going to be a Houston blowout or a or a OKC close game. Well, I tell you what, that's I'm just how hoping, the series has been. I'm telling you what, I'm hoping that OKC can grind it out and win these last few. But if I had to separate my heart from my head, I think OKC. I think OKC done. I think they're running tonight or. I feel like they're done, but I don't think they're done tonight. In, in a game seven, I'm taking Westbrook and Harden over CP3 and Gilgis Alexander. Schroeder. <laughs> or Schroeder, yeah. Whoever you want to call the the duo. Well, well, I guess we'll see tonight. Um, who else we got tonight? Oh, tonight we got game one of uh, Milwaukee and the Heat. That's a series that a lot of people are looking forward to watching, including myself. I what do you got the Heat as a six point underdog, something like that. So I, go ahead. My take, my take is, um, I got Milwaukee winning the game, but I got Miami winning the series. I got Miami winning in six. Man. You, I, I'm not so sure if I'm ready to just go ahead and and jump ship off the bus because the way they've been playing. The people for people what people don't understand is Orlando's actually a, a, a one of the top defensive teams in the NBA. We just could suck at scoring. So, well, so the well, team, it hurt. It hurt when Isaac went out. Right. But Isaac is his still his best impact is again on the defensive side, mm-hmm. like so even even with all our guys out, Michael Carter Williams and, and uh, Aaron Gordon, those guys, all three of those guys are more defensive minded. Everybody knows Aaron Gordon from the dunk contest, but his, his he's better off. He's become a very good defensive player, and at the end of the day, those three guys are not very reliable with jump shots. So I don't think the outcome would have been any different, honestly. So I'm, that's why I'm like I'm not so willing to just say that the Heat are just going to come out here and win. The Bucks are a very strong team, very strong, and then Middleton might have just found his swag back for this playoff series. So they're going. I say what? I think every game is going to be close. I don't see any blowouts. I think every game will stay within five or so points. So with that being said, tonight I think I do have Miami covering the six points. Who wins tonight? I'm not so sure, but I still think I'm gonna ride with the Bucks to win the series. The series? Uh, yeah. The way so. I mean, the way I see it, Miami is a much better defensive team than Orlando. Um, Orlando just did not have any answer for Giannis. They didn't. Uh, Bam. Is probably going to be the guy on Giannis this uh, this series, and obviously you're not going to lock down Giannis because he's just that that gifted. But if if Giannis can get limited to about, I mean, let's say 25 and 13, 25 and 13 for the series. If I'm Miami, I'd probably consider that a, a win. Which I think Bam can do. 
That's still huge. <laughs> it's like I said, it's 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 still a good amount, but you're gonna have to rely on Milwaukee's role players and Middleton to step up. Which I don't know if Middleton's gonna be able to do that because he's gonna have Butler on him all game, and Butler's a really good defender. Butler is a good defender, but I think Middleton's gonna be able to find his way. Their game doesn't have. The way the Bucks play, they're not designed to have Middleton on the island one-on-one with Jimmy Butler. So I I think that can work in their favor because of that, their style of play. But at the same time, the Heat are going to have to find a way to defend as well. Duncan, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic are not defensive monsters. Kelly Olenek, uh, uh, listening, Kelly Olenek, not mm-hmm. a defensive monster. You know, so. But then you got you got Crowder. Crowder's you, defensive. You got Crowder, who's defensive off the bench, and you have uh, Andre Iguodala, who's defensive coming off the bench. Yeah. But at that point, when you got those guys coming in, now you're taking away from your three-point shooting, which you desperately need. And if you're going to beat Milwaukee, which is why Duncan Robinson, the hero, is going to play such a big part. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a real fun series to watch. Well, I tell you what, it's the playoffs, and I know the what the Heat swept Milwaukee when they played this year, right? Mm, they won two one, but the one that they um, the one that they lost is because Butler didn't play. Yeah, I tell you what, Spoke's gonna have to make sure he got his adjustments right because Milwaukee's just just as good, if not better, defensively. Yeah. So, and I, they're going to need those shoot. The Heat are going to need their shooters a big way. They're like, when they're open, they're going to have to knock down those shots, which they have all year. So it gives me no yep. reason to believe they just magically stop. But they're going to need every sense of it because Milwaukee comes with you, at you in waves too. I mean, this is definitely the best matchup for both teams. Yeah. It, it, that I, I will say that because I think as well as the Celtics are playing, as good as Toronto has been, I think whoever wins this series might make it out the East. That, but with that being said, I've also been on record to say, and I still believe this, clicking on all cylinders, I think the Celtics is the best team in the East. And they show that when they're hitting offensively, they beat teams by 30, 40 points. Those guys, They have all the offense and the length in the world. They just got to be clicking offensively. Yeah, um, when we're talking about like at their at their best, at their best, I believe Milwaukee is still the best in the East. I, I still believe it. I still believe that because I mean, with Milwaukee or with Boston, you have Jalen Brown could give you a 30, 30 piece. Tatum could give you a forty piece. I Kim mean. Yeah, Kemba could give you 30, 40. Um, but if you look at it on in Milwaukee, you could kind of do that the same with Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe. Bledsoe ain't giving you no 30 feet. He could give you a 30 piece. He just, he's he's the third guy. He's the third guy. <laughs> Man, when was the last time Bledsoe dropped 30, bro? When's the last time he's – He's had to. When's the last time he's ever had to like be the focal point? 
He's never been a scorer. I don't even think he scored 30 like that in college. So I don't know where you randomly get this. Trust me, he can. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not not a Kemba. But I'm taking Middleton and Giannis over Tatum and Brown. I mean, maybe now because there's no Hayward. But, I mean, the Celtics have their Eric Bledsoe and Marcus Smart. You know, they match up-wise, I'm telling you, Boston Boston has shown that on all strength, they are nice. I mean. They are. Yeah, I'm not giving – I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying Milwaukee at their highest is, is better. They're going to be better. I mean, even Brooke Lopez could give you 25-30. That's what I'm saying. Because he stretches the floor. Exactly. <clears throat> Man. I, I mean, I guess we can go ahead and switch it over since we're on the subject of Boston. And But when you've seen what Boston did to Toronto, that's supposed to be the number one defensive team. You've seen what they did to Toronto, right? Without Gordon Hayward. Yes, I saw what they did to Toronto. Okay, Toronto so could, not, could not score. They couldn't. I wonder you why. <laughs> They were missing open shots. They was, they was, they was. I just wanted to see what you was doing. <laughs> and then it, it killed them when Siakam got three fouls in the first quarter. That was devastating. That was huge because Siakam's a big – he's like probably their focal point on offense, and then he's arguably their best defender as well. Yeah, once he got in the foul trouble, it was over. But that's the thing. He's, gonna, he's stuck with Tatum all series. He better get he better get it together defensively because Tatum is gonna make him work time and time again. And I'm telling you, the thing the thing is in this year and that this series we're talking about now, if it happens to Kyle Lowry like it happened to Siakam, the same thing's gonna happen. It's mm-hmm. gonna be another it's gonna be another tough game. Like they can't afford to have those two guys come out because not only are those two guys their centerpiece defensively, those two guys are their centerpiece offensively. Yep. So if those yeah, two guys, if something happens, if they're having an off night, if they're sick, they get in foul trouble, they're done. They're done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they um, they it's going to be rough for Toronto, man. If if one of their key pieces get in foul trouble, I mean, you could say the same thing with Boston. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but if like Tatum or Brown get in foul trouble, yeah, but. It's going to be rough. Now, yeah. Now, yes. But when Hayward was healthy, it wouldn't have mattered so much because they had they had those three guys. So you can interchange at the two through the four position. Yeah. But with Hayward out, yeah, you're right. If one of those guys go down, it's going to be the same thing. The only thing is if one of those guys go down, it would only hurt them defensively. It won't hurt too, too bad on offense because Kimba can come in and pick up a 30-point game at any moment too. So yeah. that that series is gonna be one to watch for, but I think Toronto might be in trouble. They Van Fleet Van Fleet is probably their best offensive player. Yeah, and he, he struggled. He could not make anything yesterday. Because he's a shooter. All his points come from jump shots. And when you can't find that stroke, you dead as a doorknob, man. Kiss the baby. Yep. Kiss Yep, exactly. The baby. So who do you have in that series? I got Boston. I got this, listen, I got this going 
I, I've said it from the beginning. I'm sticking with it because my I'm still looking like I'm gonna be right. Boston, Bucks, Eastern Conference Final, Bucks win and six. For the Eastern Conference Final? Yep. All right. I got obviously I said Miami. I honestly have um I got Toronto. I got Toronto coming back and winning this series. They're only down Ooh, one game. You're really trying to go against me today, huh? Of course. <laughs> you're picking the wrong ones. Uh, you about uh, to be sick uh, on the show when you got to admit that you was wrong. Well, I'll, I'll admit it. It ain't going to happen, but I'll admit it. But, uh, but yeah, I have Toronto probably coming back and winning this series in six or possibly seven. Uh, yeah, it's going to have to be seven. Talk about six. <laughs> like I mean like like we said I mean Stiakam <clears throat> got him early foul trouble I mean he picked up three in the first quarter the whole game plan pretty much went away once Siakam was in foul trouble the game plan he kind of had to throw it away for a little and I mean he didn't he didn't do much offensively when he was in but I mean, the whole team didn't do anything offensively. Nobody could make anything. Couldn't get an offense going. It was a struggle to watch for Toronto fans. I know that. But they'll, they'll rebound. Yeah, they're a good team. They'll rebound and make the next game. They'll even win more games. But that one was just bad. And, and then, uh, so speaking of another, another uh, series that hasn't even – what man? What about uh? What you think about the Clippers and the Mavericks ending the way it did? Um, I mean, what do you mean end the way it did? I mean, with Porzingis basically being out for the season in the middle, like right there when it when they needed the most. Do you think with Porzingis they would have been able to win this that series? Because a lot of people are saying yeah. I mean, we could always say yeah. I mean, because Porzingis is a really – I mean, he's an all-star caliber player. And when when you're missing that – and then who who's their second-best player after that? Who, the Mavericks? Yeah, is it Tim Hardaway oh. Jr.? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a huge drop-off. Yeah, it's a big drop-off when you go from Porzingis being your second-best and then Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> but, I mean, I always say that, but at the end of the day – you can't you can't really just say because this guy was out they're going to obvi- they're going to just score more points or play better you you just can't i mean no 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 you can definitely say i mean you can say it but it doesn't make it true cuz i mean the game plan is going to change right and that's the thing that's what i was going to jump into the game plan changes what Porzingis in the game and even with that point I still think the Clippers would have won. And what people are even taking into consideration, yeah, Porzingis went out, but Beverly didn't play one series, play one game. First of all, Beverly would have stuck on – they would have put Beverly on Luka and then would have been able to help from the wings at that point. They would have been able to help with the wings. I think they would have stuck Beverly on him. That tenacious and wouldn't have – he's so tenacious on the perimeter, I think they would have made him – it would have slowed up. Luca's momentum when it came to driving to the basket, it would have made him very uncomfortable with the ball in his hand. And if he, when the when the ball does leave his hand, 
Patrick Beverly's going to make him work even harder for him to get it. Let's be real. Luca carried those boys with or without Porzingis. That man put in a lot of minutes, a lot of time, a lot of effort. And it would have been that much of a longer game if Beverly was on him. Yep, exactly. Because, I mean, we saw game one. Beverly was – he was causing problems with Luca. I mean, remember, game one – um, they jumped out, what was it, like 18-2 to two or something like that, mm-hmm. the Clippers did. They could not get the – I mean, they ended, Dallas ended up coming back and taking the lead. But, I mean, they caused problems early on, and that's what – I mean, that's just what Beverly does. They, he just causes, causes problems, just frustrates people. But, um, but another thing that happened in the, the series – Let's talk about Mar- Marcus Morris's karate chop. <laughs> okay, first Dude, of all, quick you question. Know, you already know it. So, so I mean, everybody saw it. If you if you think he did not do that on purpose, I don't know what to say. Oh, but time out, time out. I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying he didn't do it on purpose. What I'm saying is he shouldn't have got ejected for it. Why? He karate chopped him like in he the made neck. A play, he made a play on the ball. He hit the ball. He technically hit the ball. His arm hit Luca's head. Okay, could have been a lot either. Uh, it could have been probably avoided, but either way, that was just a hard foul to me. I would have still gave him a flagrant, but it would have been a flagrant one, not a flagrant two, an objection. They did that because it was Marcus Morris and what the past history was. But Exactly. I was but, about to bring that up too. But in the playoffs – in the playoffs, I'm not giving that a flagrant two. You gotta let these boys play. Well, again, back to game. What was it? Game five, when he stepped on Luca's ankle. Everybody was questioning if that was on purpose or not. So I'm, I guarantee, when he did this karate chop, I get he he made a play on the ball too. But when you look at it, first glance, it does not look like he's going for the ball. He it looks like he just does a straight karate chop. And I guarantee the refs took in effect what happened game five. And they're going to probably say that that was probably on purpose now and then use that as basically a reason to eject them. Now, the game five thing, the ankle stepping. (sighs) I I feel indifferent about that because that – there's people who go on on record to say, like, if somebody has an injury, you attack the injury, right? Mm-hmm. We had Kobe before Kobe passed, and in the interview he did with T-Mac, literally came out and said, you know, I read, I seen in the scouting report that T-Mac's back, he had some tightness in his back. He had a bad back. He said, so, you know, one of the first things I did was I gave him a little elbow to that back to test it out. Whether Marcus Morris did that foot thing on purpose or not, you had to test it out. Look, I'm not – look, I'm not um, – again, I, 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 but I'm one of the same people that would defend Draymond Green's antics. I defend Marcus Morris's uh, – Marcus Smart's antics. So I guess just a little bit of extra physicality for me. And as long as you ain't trying to kill the man like he in midair and you pushing and shoving, if it ain't nothing like that that can kill him or personally or injure him severely, I don't see it that bad. Like, the whole ankle thing, all he did was, like, 
He barely even touched it. Like he barely stepped on his little foot. Like he still stepped on him. Okay, so what's and the I di- mean, what's the difference between okay, what if he got a rebound and landed on his ankle? Are y'all still gonna be like, well, he should have been too close to Luca? No, no, because when you're running at someone that's staying still and you step on his ankle, I'm not saying he he did it on purpose, but it definitely does not look good on him. You you see him right there, and you just run straight at him and just accidentally step on his ankle. <laughs> it, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's convenient. I'm we'll say that it's convenient. It's the karate chop, man. The karate it, chop. It's convenient because if I could have, I would have, I would have tried to slow him down too. Shit, he was giving them boys buckets after buckets after buckets. Poor Reginald Jackson. By the, I would cut Reginald Jackson because of this series. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's on uh, Luca at all. And he was trash, and he was barbecue chicken every time they had to switch him over to Luca. Man, he was a wasted body out there. Well, at the same time, I mean, Luca is six eight, Reggie six three. That's a mismatch. Man, it, it didn't matter what he wanted to do. Man, Luca was driving, <laughs> shooting three sixty fadeaways. Uh, Dunking between the legs on Reggie. He man, get Reggie out of there. Yeah. I'm just I'm just mad we get no more Luca. But man, oh man, is he gonna be fun to watch in future playoffs. It, it's like you said, they need one more. And they have room for one more. Where but where would you go? I don't know yet. What position? You could give him a another a wing. You gotta give him a wing. So you don't like Finney Smith and uh I'm not saying I don't, but those can be – one of those guys can come off the bench. Well, I mean, what kind of style of player would you even – what style would go well with that? I don't know. I mean, you may not even need a star, really. I mean, just give them more of a a 3 and D guy. So are you saying someone – I see, for me, I think you're right. I think Duke would say a winger. But I would say more like a a scoring – Slashing wing, almost like a, a Wiggins arc, actually. Like a Wiggins? Mm, I can see it. I mean, you could you could also go. I mean, you could go multiple ways. You can go, <clears throat> um, maybe another ball dominant like guard or wing, and then take less um less usage, I guess, usage away from uh, Luca. Not have him, you know, carry the whole load and give yeah. him somebody that <clears throat> that would be able to create his own shot. Yeah, but see, I think Luca thrives with the ball in his hand. So I don't think I oh, he of, definitely does. I don't think I want to take the ball like his hand. Honestly, at this point, Luca's my 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 point guard. Honestly, oh, he is. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He he plays point. So that's what I'm saying. Or, or, okay, so even if you go a two-guard, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is not the kind of guy you need. Uh, that inconsistent just shooter, essentially. They would need to find uh, just somebody, a true scoring two-guard, like a C.J. McCullum, who can do it on all three levels. The three levels. Yeah, exactly, exactly what I'm saying. Like some a ball-dominant guard or wing, somebody that could create their own shot. Yeah. That yeah. You, like Luca. I mean – He'll probably get tired sometime down the road, and you could keep him in, but just not have him be the focal point. 
let that other guy come in. And I don't, I haven't uh, <clears throat> looked at it enough to see the upcoming free agents, but I'm pretty sure there's some big names out there. Yeah. Speaking of uh, CJ McCollum and ball dominant guards, we can go ahead and wave the Blazers out of here, man. Hit them with yeah. The I yeah. mean, they just Blazers got the short in the not six. A, not a good call. What'd you it say? looked good at game one. I told you that. I told you that. The Lakers was just going to turn that thing up, man. They yeah, they sure did. They, they 20 piece in boys every game after that first day. Yeah. Lillard just kind of went away from what he was doing. He wasn't it's averaging probably. his typical 40, 45 points. Oh, yeah. Like, we can, we can expect that from just anybody. <laughs> Hey, he was having a hot streak, man. Yeah, but he was having that hot streak and barely, his team was barely winning. That was the thing. True. So they they're gonna they'll be better next year with everybody fully healthy, a full year under their system because this wasn't even a full year. I mean, they they just picked up Melo. Like Melo just got in the NBA shape again. They just got Nurkic back, you know, from the devastating injury he had last year. So. They'll be back. They'll be better than ever. I doubt they hit a six or the eighth seed again because that. I mean, let's be honest. That's unfortunate. A team that talented gets stuck with the Lakers in the first round. Yeah. So I think yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, next year the West Western Conference is just gonna be. It's gonna be even more incredible than it was this year because you got Phoenix who thinks they're ready to take that next step. Um, the Grizzlies are going to be ready to try to take that next step to reach the playoffs. You still got your normal playoff guys, as in the Lakers, the Clippers, Houston. Uh, is OKC going to take a step back next year? The, the West has a lot of questions that, and a lot of excitement and buzz around them that I can't wait to see for next year. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be real fun. And uh, back to Melo, does he come back? Yeah, he's going to come back. I think he I think he really likes work uh, playing with Dame Lillard. And I think he likes what the Blazers have in store as a uh, position and what, what he has to offer. Yeah, it was just um, – it was a couple years too late, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, he could go probably another year or two, but if they would have picked him up, what, like three years ago when he was out? I mean, who knows what could have happened. Yeah, and – like I said, it's just all unfortunate. Just injury, injuries and timing with them. So, like I said, I fully expect them to be better than ever next year. Um, another, uh, the last, one of the last series we haven't talked about yet, and that's the last one left, essentially, will be Utah and Denver. Yeah, that series, man. I I don't remember seeing – a one-two punch. Um, a one-two punch like Murray and Mitchell, man. Two, two, uh, two opponents just going back and forth the way they are in a single series. I, I cannot remember. Yeah, in a playoff series, these boys are going at it like 50 points, 50 points, 40 points, 35 points, 50 points again, 50 points again. <laughs> Bro, watching them play has been the best thing of the NBA playoffs right now so far for me. Oh, these boys go back and well, forth. And they're, and, they're, and, and they're doing it efficiently. Like, yeah, they are. 
they're not out here shooting 42 and under percent. You know, these boys are shooting 47 and up, 48 and up. And that's from the three-point line, two-point shots. They are handling business. Yeah, Murray, since game, I think game four, I think Murray has been going off. It's either been game four or game five. I forget which one, but his stat line has been incredible. Bro, I feel like he just manages going off every game. Dude, like, he – Murray doesn't want to go home, and I don't think he will. Well, I think last I think year, they're winning game seven. Last year he was heavily talked about because of his performance in the playoffs, and they got bounced too early last year too. They get bounced again this year. This time, at least, it won't be on Murray. But if they get bounced in the first round this year again, something—I don't know, man. I don't know. Something just—I know you say nothing. Stick with everything, but this is like this will be the third, second, third year in a row of disappointment. First round exits, yeah. And yeah, like, I don't know. At what point does something change? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, though. I think you got to keep them because, I mean. The roster, I don't think the roster's the problem. No, I agree with you. And it's hard to say that, what's his name, Malone? Malone's their coach? Yeah. It's hard to say Malone's the issue, but, yeah, something's got to change, man. If if they lose, if they lose is what I'm saying. Because they went down 3-1, man. I thought it might have. I thought they was about to kiss the baby, bro. I thought they had – I thought that they lost confidence in themselves, but they didn't. They came roaring back, or at least Murray came back roaring back. Yeah, Murray has been what? I think like – I think two 50-point games. In, two 50-point games this series, and then I think Mitchell has 250 also, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. They yeah, two- I mean, I don't – that's never happened in a single series. No, no. I mean, I believe, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, prior to this uh, series, only one time has uh, two players scored um, 50 in the series, like in the same series. Yeah, I didn't think it happened at all. Yeah, I got to look it up. But, um, but, yeah, this series is so fun to watch. Like, Murray – Murray and Mitchell in the fourth quarter of a close game is must-see TV. Must-see TV. And, like, I love these games because they match up so well because you got them two scoring. But let's not underrate the matchup of Gobert and Jokic going back and forth because those are two different style of play centers, but they're both still doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. I, it, that's why I'm like, this series has been amazing. I think the only thing I would say if I'm the guest is I'm like, Joe Ingles, where have you been? Where have you been, Joe? Because Joe has, has been one of their, I would say, top three scores that they've had all season that they could rely on, all, at least offensive players. I'll say that. Let me say offensive players because Joe handles the ball and he's also part of their playmaking ability. So and for him to not be involved, in either way, in playmaking or scoring, he's been like, bro, where have you been? Well, their second best um, 
scoring threat. Obviously, I forget if he opted out or if he was hurt. Is uh, Bogdanovich? Oh yeah, they are. Missing that's their, that's been their second best player, and he I forget if he opted out or if he was hurt. But well, I tell you, what, they are missing him right now. Yes, they are. They are missing him right now because offensively, just seeing one person do it and carry it all has not been has not been good. Yep. Yeah, let's see. Um, I think – yeah, I'm looking at this. I believe prior to this series, there's only been one player, either one or two – no, two. Two players that have multiple 50-point games in a single playoff series. And that was Jordan and Niverson. Oh, okay. And obviously they did it in separate series. But this is the first time we've had two multiple uh, 50-point – scores in the same series right 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 that i mean that makes sense too considering the names you just mentioned yep so that's a great company to be around but i mean that's that's all the nba playoffs right we covered every team left huh uh i believe so yeah we got um that that's left yeah because right now we just have milwaukee Milwaukee, Miami, yes, we already did that. Utah, Denver, yes. OKC, Houston, Toronto, Boston. And then we talked about the Lakers and we talked about the Clippers. Yeah, so we've covered all of that in the NBA playoffs then. So uh, well, let, let's uh let's talk a scenario real quick. Um so the Lakers would be playing the winner of what series? It would be the OKC, right? Yeah. So who do you think the Lakers do not want to to win that series? Well, that's easy. They don't want the Rockets. No, no, because look, they go they go play they get OKC. I'm letting you know right now. That could very well possibly be a sweep. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Who who in the hell is stopping LeBron or AD? They don't even – Steven Adams ain't even getting close to AD. He's so slow-footed. You're right. And oh, Gallinari. Um, Gallinari? Dort? Man, okay, so they might fuck around. I believe they're going to put Dort. They, they'll – based on what Dort has done against Harden, if OKC wins the series, they're putting Dort on – on LeBron. And Dort getting his ass roasted, too. Possibly. I mean, more roasted. than likely, it is LeBron at the end of the day. <laughs> roasted. But let's look at it the other way. When you're with Houston, obviously you got the firepower to match uh, what's it called. But AD is going to – he's going to average 50. Of course. But, of course. Who but what, is going to stop Anthony Davis? Yeah, but the threat, the threat of Houston's three-point ability – they're gonna be. They're gonna tell AD, "Fine, go ahead, twos, twos, dominate, do whatever you're gonna do." But if we if we spread y'all out and force y'all to play one on one, which is what Houston does, they've mm-hmm. now developed. They've gotten a, the players that they need that can now knock down open shots at all spots on the court. House, Green, Tucker, all the Roko, those guys, and obviously you know James Harden. 
those guys are putting up three-point shots anywhere on the court. Corners, wings, don't matter. Those guys can hit. So I'm telling you, in a series, of course, the Lakers would rather play OKC because they do, they'd have to they have to play good defense to great defense to beat the Rockets, and they'd have to be on the offensive game too because if the Rockets get hot, they're gonna beat the Lakers. At, they're gonna beat the Lakers. Whatever, don't matter. When whenever the if the Rockets get hot for one night, that game's going to the Rockets. Yeah, that's the problem with the Rockets, though. It's been their problem. It's basically a Dan Tony team. Dan Tony's Dan Tony teams always find themselves shooting them shooting themselves out of the games. Yes, I agree. But there's one key difference, and I'm not. I'm not even a fan of this person, but you want to know that key difference? Westbrook. Westbrook. I knew it. Because he don't got to shoot. He, he don't shoot the score. He don't got to shoot the score. So when them three-point shots ain't falling, he gonna, all he's going to do is continue to get to the rack, get those foul calls. And he gonna, and we all seen Russell, Russell's attitude. He's just going to tell James Harden, hey, stop all that effing shooting and get to the, get to the rack. You're the number one free throw shooting player in the league. Get to the rack. Let's get some points. Yeah. So that's why I'm yeah, like, I mean, the Lakers. I don't know. I, I I still obviously got the Lakers beating them, but I'm just saying that could be a that could be a sneaky skit series. Yeah, I, I could see I could see the Rockets being both the team they want to play and not want to play just because of the firepower not wanting to play them. That's that's the reason, and then. Shooting themselves out the games is the other reason. Hey, it, it's one of those risk reward matchups right there, man. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Now, now let's go to the other side of the West, and who do you think the Clippers don't want to see? The Clippers will have the winners of who? Utah, Denver. They don't want to see Denver. I don't think so. you can't. That's tough. Only because Denver's defense is iffy and their offense is very streaky. We've already seen right now it's the Jamal show. It's just that. We've yeah. seen between Michael Porter and uh, Jerry and Grant and their disappearing acts at times. Uh, with Utah, you kind of know what you're getting out of – you know what you're getting out of Rudy Gobert. Um, I think Mitchell offensively is more consistent than uh, Jamal Murray. That's a tough one, man. That, that's a tough one. But, I mean, I, I think I'd have to say, yeah, they probably don't want none of Denver either. Are they probably able to shy away? They're not going to have anybody to match <clears throat> match up with Jokic, because with Gobert, you don't really need a game plan to stop him offensively. Yeah, but when you play in Denver, what? Um, they let's say they get Denver, Beverly's going to be back for that, and I think that's where Jamal Murray's going to go back to being a regular guy again. A regular guy, huh? A regular guy. <clears throat> I think in well, that. Well, they may. Well. Maybe in the in like the stat category, but I think if they uh, if Beverly is on like uh, Murray and causing problems, they'll just have the offense go through Jokic because Jokic for a big man can handle the rock. 
Yeah, but I don't. Jokic isn't a player that's going or should uh, consecutively and carry you offensively to thirty points. And he's not as he's offensively skilled, but he's not aggressive enough to give you those thirty point, fifteen rebound games that they would need if Jamal Murray was having a slow day. You're right. You're right. He won't. He won't give you a fifty piece. He could give you thirty. He could be a. I mean, Jokic is a walking triple double if you get the offense going through him. Yeah, but he has he to get more about, aggressive. He's going to have to get more aggressive to truly lead a team. But he, he could. I mean, he can't get more. I mean, Gobert is one of the best defenders at his position. I mean, it's a big downgrade from going from him to Zubak and Harold. Those guys but, are not defenders like, but like Gobert. The, but the thing, of course not. But the Clippers have bodies and bodies and bodies to throw. That's the thing. They have they can throw and throw so many bodies and throw a double team at you because they're so long and and so defensively set. They've been defensively whack against the Mavericks, but like I said, I think losing Beverly is a huge part of that. Yeah, yeah, Beverly was key to uh, <clears throat> to containing Luca. I mean, so I mean, granted, so with that, all this being said, Clippers in six or five, regardless of who they play in these matchups. For me. Yeah, I could definitely see it. Uh, maybe not five. I'd say six. If they get Utah, it's five. Yes. <laughs> I do that. Utah just doesn't have enough firepower. They don't at all, at all. If they had McDonavich, it'd be a different story, but without him, they just don't have enough firepower at all. So, uh, and then, all right, so then we'll go to the east then. The East already, we are, it's already. We already discussed it. We already discussed the Bucks and and then the other one's already set in stone too, huh? Yeah, Toronto and Boston. We discussed that one too. Oh, yeah, you already know my feelings on that. I'm about to be (laughs) right again. But, okay, so I guess that would be, that'll wrap up our NBA recap. But obviously something new that we've been trying to do on this show is give out our free plays after each show for the day. Um. I'm going to try to get this show out as soon as possible so the people can get ahead, start on this. With that being said, my free play for today will actually be on the baseball mound. And I am taking – well, I will be using the Tampa Bay Rays game against the Yankees, and the bet of that will be no points in the first inning. My bet will be Tampa Bay Rays, New York Yankees, no points in the first inning. Both pit, both pitchers of the, their uh, respective teams' aces. We have Glassman on the mound for the Rays. We have Garrett Cole on the mound for the Yankees. The biggest thing, though, is how banged up the Yankees are. And the Tampa Bay Rays are already not a big offensive team. They don't put points up in bunches. I think both teams make it out the first inning with no run score. All right. Well, mine is going to be... <clears throat> On uh, in the in the playoffs, and I am going to go OKC money line. Oh, Steve went with another underdog. I mean, I already, I already said it earlier in the show that I was picking OKC to send us to seven. So I'm going money line. I mean, you could go, you could play it safe, and I guess go spread because I know they're going to be. 
I don't know. What 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 do you think their uh, spread is? I haven't looked. I haven't looked either. Give me two seconds. Their cover is six. Yeah, you could play it safe, or you could just do what I do and bet the money line. Hey, all right. So basically, what they're telling you, if you want, if you want to take the risk, regardless, if you're gonna take that game, regardless, go money line. That's where your money. That's where you're you're gonna make the most money off of. Because I wouldn't necessarily say the cover six is safe because every time they've lost, they've gotten dead beat. So that's why they're going to win. <laughs> exactly. That's why I was like, so it don't make sense to cover. If you if you think they're going to win, you might as well just go ahead and go with it. So, all right. Both of us went one and both of us went one and zero on our picks uh, last week. This week we're gonna get more shows in, so we should have more picks. Even if we might even decide to just post our just post like daily picks. We'll see how it goes. But right now on this show. For Monday, August 31st, we're going to start this week off with those three plays. Again, guys, we got Denver money line, and we have no points on the first inning with the Yankees-Tampa Bay game. Sounds good? Sounds good. All right, well, that was just about wrap up the show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. $18,000 kid, it's always good to see a little raggedy, ugly face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, all jokes aside, man. It's always good to have you on the show. It's always a pleasure, my man. Yep, fun being on here. All right. Hey, y'all tune in. Remember, uh, we're on every podcast. We're on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, we're also on all social media. Come on, give us a like, follow, uh, su- subscribe. Just tune in and uh, let's get some interactions going. We definitely interact with any comment you have. Any comment on any page, we love the interactions, guys. So thank you guys for tuning in.